Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to the Offside Rule. Kate Borsay here, ready and raring to go after an international break of madness here in the football world. We're talking Maurizio Potticino and Jose Mourinho. More on that to come. But first, let's introduce our panel of intense experts here on today's show. It's our wanderer from Wolverhampton, never too far from the media buffet. And uh, without her bobble hat on this occasion, Lindsay Hooper. And speaking of hats, there's another hatter in town. Oh, yes. With big birthday celebrations, I think we might even have to sing something in a minute, Lindsay. It is uh, our very favourite football reporter found at Sky Sports, IMG, TalkSport and many more. It is Faye Carruthers. Welcome back, Faye. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy Jazz birthday hands. to you. Yeah. Happy and birthday singing. to you. Happy birthday, dear Faye. Big one. Happy birthday Listen, you to just you. spoiled it, Hooper. I, well, I did wonder whether we were allowed to mention that no, it was a big birthday. I mean, you have to own it's a great age to be, It Faye. is. It absolutely is. And you just have to own these things. I mean, the big 3-0, you just have to embrace it, don't you? Yeah. I think we should take this opportunity <laughs> to hand over to Lindsay Hooper, who is... Uh... Well, I haven't seen Faye because she's been in Dublin. She had a lovely few days away with her hubby. And that was all over your birthday weekend. Yes, it was. So I haven't seen you. Now, I'm I've convinced because Faye is such a fan that someone will have already got her this but I'm very we should describe birthday. this moment for our for our listeners it is a book shaped thing it's a book shaped thing in the most amazing flamingo paper yes. you also know I love flamingos mm-hmm. got my big flamingo photographs that I in turned into a drawing yep. in my house oh, lovely. Oh, 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 I love mm-hmm. this Oh, do you know what? I was not expecting this. What is it? So it is Fleabag, the scriptures. This is a love story is what it's wrapped in by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I am beyond excited because when I saw Lindsay and Kate at uh, Vicky Orvice's amazing tribute gala last week at Lord's, Lindsay is always very, very excited when she gets people presents (laughs) because she's just a good present buyer and gets excited giving them. Especially when she thinks it's a good present. I know. And she always thinks it's a good present. (laughs) I've I've never ever... Ever known Lindsay on all the years I've known her to go, oh, I've got you the best present, I've got you the worst present ever. She's always the best <laughs> present ever. But anyway, I was expecting a Luton Town thing because you said you you were you said somebody else will have bought you this. Yes. But this is amazing. Oh. And also Fleabag's it, it's my brand new out, isn't it? It is. I didn't even know it Fresh was out. That big a fan. I didn't re- oh this is amazing. But oh look, it just says guy that's the <laughs> literally page 163 remind you <laughs> uh-huh. all right we must move on to the biggest story to drop since uh, Jose Mourinho was sacked by Manchester United last December in fact what am I saying it's bigger than that because it's a two-pronged story it is a 12 hour long story where if you happen to go to bed or switch your phone off at about half past seven on Tuesday night and then not switch it back on again until 7 a.m on Wednesday morning, the whole football world changed within those 12 hours, didn't it? I played two games of netball within that time. I was like, I, I, I literally, I, was, I had to leave the car just as it broke and then went to play netball and came back and then Jose's all mentioned. And... Were you player of the match again? No, oh, most definitely not. I am not. sorry I'm about that. Uh, we are going to go into Mourinho. Uh, just to tease a little bit later on, we are talking about players who much prefer playing for their country than their club. Step up one Gareth Bale, as well as looking at our favourite 
at any other business topics. And also the ripple effects. How might the Pochettino-Mourinho situation play out to a fantastical level? I'm looking for extreme things that might happen on a level of ridicule, please, in football as a result of this big story. Let's get into it then, girls. Yes, uh, we're just hearing, and uh, the only information we've got at the moment is that Tottenham have sacked Pochettino. We're going to uh, obviously get more details on that story as it breaks and more details emerge. But at the moment, all we're hearing is that um, Tottenham have sacked Pochettino. I didn't really know about it, obviously, until after the game, but it was uh, it was a big shock. He's been amazing to work with for the last five years, and uh, it's a shame to him go. I suppose I know it's a big club, so I think and uh, there will be a big manager for us. And, uh, so, yeah, hopefully we know it quickly. Tottenham have appointed the former Chelsea and Manchester United boss, Jose Mourinho, as head coach. You're kidding. <laughs> it doesn't come as a surprise, does it? We were just talking about it. It was highly expected and it has happened. And I am in a period where um, it's not about myself at all. It's about my club, it's about my club fans, it's about my players, it's not about me. Okay, so Poch gets scotched and it's hey-ho Jose. In the space of 12 hours, Tottenham announced they parted company with Maurizio Potticino and hired Jose Mourinho in his place. We've had time to digest the news, so I want to know where you both were when you heard it. I was at home and I was sat on my sofa and I was under strict instructions, as I am when I have time off from my other half, not to be looking at my phone too much, not to be on the internet and certainly not to be watching Sky Sports News. Um, all those things tend to be banned when I'm actually on down football time. But I um, I secretly have this alert set on my phone that if big news breaks, it flashes up. So I was across it straight away and then I thought, this is a game changing moment. Yes. So uh, that has to go out the window. Did, did you find out before the netball match, Faye? I was in the car. Mm. I was in the car on my way to netball when I heard it. Um, and were and, you surprised? Um, yes, very, very surprised. Even though when you kind of actually take a step back and analyse it, it's not that surprising, bearing in mind the year that Tottenham have had. They've not won an away game since January. Any other team any other manager you know he probably would have gone a long time ago you know I, I don't want to use all the same cliches that everybody has been using we've, we've heard the same old lines about you know the the Champions League you know was the paper over the cracks etc etc however it still really shocked me because he's been there five and a half years he's absolutely adored by the majority of the fan base yeah. and you know you 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 kind of banked on him turning it around. Well, you trusted him yeah. to turn it around because of his calibre. He wasn't given the tools to turn it around. So what he actually did was work miracles with what he was given. Um, he did make some purchases and for the first time spent a bit of money. Um, and when I say that, I'm, I'm talking in footballing terms here because if we compare what Mourinho spends to what uh, Pochettino spends, then mm. net-wise we're talking nowhere near the same amounts. But, but You mean Ndombele? Yeah, I'm mm. talking about Ndombele and the fact that over £100 million was spent I don't think for the Pochettino first time. thought that Levy was going to sort that out, so I think that that might have surprised Pochettino. I, I think he I got think injured early on as well, didn't he? So that didn't help. Injuries don't help. And I, I do think that Pochettino had a plan and it was through either Joe Lewis or Daniel Levy not backing when he needed reinforcements, when he needed players. And one of the things that has been harnessed at him since is this vigorous training regime and that 
the players just could not continue with the way that because he does work players hard. Yes. But what he needed was he needed a rotation of players for that to continue to work. Yeah. And of course, when he didn't get what he wanted, which we're probably talking two and a half seasons ago now, where he first started to make hints in, in I think it was probably a January window and then a summer window that of different people he wanted, didn't get, kept obviously bringing through so brilliantly academy players and and everyone thinking that he'll just keep doing that over and over but I think there was always going to come a point where if he didn't get that backing Mm. it would lead to this Mm. but this is what upsets me about it because then fast forward to Jose Mourinho being appointed you're not telling me that he's taken this job without any kind of guarantee that he's going to have money he to spend. He will want to spend. Now, both of you are London-based reporters. You will have seen behind the scenes. So I'm going to throw some press lines out at you because we've had 24 hours to digest this now and there is so much around. Let's address what we can. So, reports strongly suggesting that Poch was surly and uncommunicative and a bit mardy, basically, at the club. Have you picked up or did you pick up on any of that in your reporting? Not at all. Well, uh, you I, did? Yeah, I've, I've been in... I've been in some of his press conferences where he's been prickly, but off mic, he isn't like that. Oh, that's interesting. But, but you can see why he would be prickly. He's trying in a not very subtle way, you know, as managers do when they're banging their head against a brick wall and they're not getting through to the owners about money, they then use the press. So sitting in their press conference, that's when the very thinly veiled, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and he was starting, it was starting to be ve- re- really like, here's the drum roll, this is what I want, kind of. This is what you want to yeah. say. Yeah, and, and bearing in mind that the reason he was so successful is because of the atmosphere that he, that he created at Tottenham. Do um, you believe reports that that atmosphere had completely gone and that because of these training sessions and because he was being a bit surly and uncommunicative with players he'd but that's where I would disagree I don't think it was with players I I agree with Faye and she used a brilliant word prickly because we'd seen that and he'd actually been like that with a couple of journalists suddenly in press conferences where he'd picked them up like he never had before Mm. and he was always a pleasure to deal with one of my absolute favourites him and Jesus as well his assistant who I I love both of them to, to, to go to that club they were always very welcoming always very friendly and went out of their way to make you feel important mm, I would important say and welcome yeah definitely that's nice but I, I would say that this prickliness if that's what we're going to call it was more towards the owners and to us as press who were relaying that message which is our He's job kind of making a point yeah mm. rather than I never saw it with the players I only ever saw him with his arm round players and jing players along and, and actually if you look at their social media accounts since yes that Yes, exactly proves that. All right, here's another line for you. Brendan Rodgers was first choice to replace Pochettino, um, but Leicester wouldn't let him go. Um, I can't see Daniel Levy going for Brendan Rodgers this quickly into him being only just appointed at Leicester. And with everything going so well at Leicester, them second in the table, why would Brendan Rodgers leave a project where they're currently sat second, where Spurs are 14th? But this is where I think what should have happened is... Pochettino should have left on a high, in inverted commas, in the summer for his own credibility and also probably for the sake of Tottenham. If this is something that Daniel Levy had been thinking about, why would you not have already thought ahead and thought Brendan Rodgers might be, Mm. you know, because Leicester are smart, you know, Mm. good with youth, you know, excellent um, tactician. Great. Bring him down to Leicester. The type of job that he, and this is no disrespect to Leicester, by the way, at all, bearing in mind what they've done, which Tottenham have not, then I would say 
that's the kind of manager Tottenham should have been going for originally. And I feel as if, I know we've not got onto Jose yet, but it's so Jose, this whole thing, because it then just brings it you know it, it's the commercialism that comes with yeah. with Jose and the he's the man- well, he's the manager that's the equivalent of signing Ronaldo yeah well let's Isn't well he? let's move on to Mourinho then he only got the job because he got fed up of waiting for Zidane to get the push from Real Madrid any truth to that possibly possibly yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mourinho's pay packet reported to be 15 million a year, twice that of Poch, and 88 grand a week more than any of his players. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Not not when you look at Tottenham's spending power previously and the fact. So I had heard a report that there was a suggestion Pochettino was offered the chance to resign. Yes. As opposed to be sacked, yeah. but he chose to be sacked because it means he gets a payoff. So you're not telling me that Tottenham, with all, the amount of debt they've got because of their stadium, you're not then telling me that they're going to not only pay, have to pay off Pochettino, who'd signed a five-year contract recently, and his three coaching staff, and then pay a pay rise for Jose Mourinho. Also, and this isn't a manager that they've had to prize away from anywhere. It's not someone that they've He's had to pay compensation. Agent. He's been a free agent. Yeah. And he That's might have... why he didn't go from Chelsea before, because there was such a massive... You know, uh, yeah. apparently Levy wanted him when he left Chelsea, but he had to pay. He would have had to pay but a fortune to get him. For Poch, wasn't it more important that he wasn't seen to hand in his resignation, that he... that, that, that in other words, this looks like he was pushed to go because did he want to leave? No. Oh, Poch. Poch was um, half out the door, I think, already. Okay, I so think, he think he already he knew that the, the writing was on the wall. But, you know, £12 million is £12 million payoff. And he also would be very safe in the knowledge that he's going to get another job. He'd already had inquiries from Manchester United before they appointed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Links with Real Madrid. Links with Real Madrid. It's popped up on my phone today. today. Yeah, by Munich. Munich. Uh, okay, which players will Mourinho get the best out of? Because um, there is a player problem oh. at that club with so many coming to the end of their contracts at do, the end of this season. Do you know what? The first thing that I thought when all this happened, bearing in mind you've got three players who are out of contract and likely to go for nothing at so the end of Christian the season. So that's Christian Eriksen, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld. Well, this is yeah. what my answer to this comes in with those, but you carry on first. So so what I, what I am envisaging is that they are thinking they're going to get big money for Harry Kane. And whereas I don't think Harry Kane particularly wants to leave Tottenham, will Harry Kane want to work under Jose Mourinho when he had such a fantastic relationship with Mauricio Pochettino, has come out on social media and said, you know, considers him a friend, how much he's developed him. He's not the player, you know, Pochettino made him who he is as England captain and, you know, Premier League previous top scorer. I, I just think that opens a massive door for Daniel Levy to get a significant amount of money a la Gareth Bale for Harry Kane. Okay. Whereas if Mauricio Pochettino was there, I don't think that would have happened. Mourinho will love Harry Kane, though. Harry Kane is Mourinho's sort of player. He, he fits will... right into Mourinho's style and system, right? I think he'll get a season out of him purely on the basis that Harry Kane, it's pulling on his heartstrings because he knows there are Spurs records there that he's in line to break, um, to become... You know, there's those landmarks... As, as a career, aren't they? Where you know that you go down in history and that you become a legend at the club. And I think that there is a part of that that pulls on Harry Kane's heart when it comes to Spurs. But his head will eventually rule. If it doesn't work with Mourinho, then he will rejoin Pochettino, I think, in the future. Okay. My answer to the question of what will Mourinho do, where will he get the best out of, actually lies with those senior players. I think he will get Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen signed up 
he'll get new contracts from them he'll get them working and he'll get the defense more organized okay and that will be where he works his best the problem area for him is holding on to players for the long term like Kane like Son Deli Alley Deli Alley yeah okay my last point on this one and it's a fun one how good is the Amazon Spurs documentary going to be now? I mean, well, if there's no other reason to sign Jose Mourinho... Listen, my conspiracy theory on this on, is I don't think Poch was particularly welcoming of the television Apparently crew he wasn't, yes. following them around. I'm not entirely sure whether Jose Mourinho would be either. However, if you're sitting there going, what's going to get us a load of money this documentary is going to get the club a load of money. And now all of a sudden they've made it interesting because they've, they were having such a shocking season, you know, and I know that a lot of these, you know, the Sunderland one, it was, it was entertaining because they were doing so badly. Sorry, Sunderland fans, uh, please don't come and do a documentary at Luton town. It's really not <laughs> welcome. Um, but I, I would say all of a sudden, as you say, it's now box office. It's now must watch, mm. isn't it? Mm, so, it absolutely is. Yeah. My conspiracy they, theory. They would have already signed the deal for that though. I don't think that one necessarily reflect them getting any more money will it it might mean that they get another documentary off the back of it well it just might make it a lot more entertaining and if if i was doing this on casting alone forget about the fact that you know whether whether marino is a good manager or not you, you would hire Mourinho for that part i know what you're saying but i'm just saying from a business you. and money point of view they would have already they, sorted yes, that surely they did, they did would they yeah yeah, they, I don't know how it works, but I wonder whether cameras, you get like cameras have already been installed. No, they've been there, go. but I wonder what you get in terms of its reach, for example, or if it or where it gets sold oh, to, I and see. those kind of things. They That's could what have I mean. something in the contract. Yeah, but, TV's, you know, TV's version of a pay per play deal. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the first fixture over which Mourinho will be in charge, <laughs> and it's only West Ham. Oh. Uh, last time he was at the London Stadium, his Man United side, Jose Mourinho, were beaten three one. So. Maybe a little bit sensitive to that at the moment. It didn't stop the West Ham official Twitter accounts uh, mocking up a nice little video of all of Mourinho's worst moments against West Ham, including him being sent to the stands at Upton Park. Uh, They've when taken he was in that down now. Chelsea. But they have, yes, <laughs> yeah. you're right. They have taken it down. I'm not sure because I'm not sure whether it was because it was too harsh or just they felt actually if this ignites Spurs, we might regret doing it completely. I wonder whether the Premier League might have asked them to do that. Oh, OK, fine. So <laughs> how do we see this one going? Uh, well, I mean, new manager bounce and West Ham are pretty awful at the moment. Yeah, so they have a run of five defeats and two draws from their last seven and, games. And you would put Pellegrini. money on Pellegrini being the next manager to go. Pellegrini or Ra Ralph Harsenhutl to be the next managers to go rather than Ma Mauricio Pochettino, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, or even I, Emery before. Well, yeah, and Emery mm. as well. Um, I mean, this, this, is the, this is the exciting thing about this weekend, isn't it? There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of people under pressure uh, and some really important important ties and we are at that time of year it kind of gets to November doesn't it where the skills start Things falling yes. um, but I think Spurs are going to win this although wouldn't it oh, you know in an alternative universe I'd kind of like love them all to just down tools and go we don't want Mourinho we want Poch back and stage some kind of <laughs> sit-in on right. the pitch <laughs> purely for the fact that Roberto is such a poor goalkeeper I'm going to say that Spurs will win this okay. because I can see Kane and Eriksson uh, potentially Son as well, scoring a pass that goalkeeper mm. because he, he's really not been 
doing very much whilst Fabianski has been out injured and he doesn't return until late December which is a huge yeah, problem that for is Pellegrini. That's a massive issue, massive issue. There are some huge games this weekend. One of them involves Unai Emery. He's now favourite to be sacked next. So any appropriate then that we go to Arsenal versus Southampton and El Sakiko, if I can say Wow. <laughs> well done. Uh, there we go. So that 2-0 defeat and it was a bad defeat wasn't it against Leicester City saw Arsenal sign off before the international break eight points off the Premier League top four. Uh, we know Emery's under fire. They're on a four-match winless streak in the Premier League. However, they are at home. They are at home and things fare no better for Southampton <laughs> either, do they? They've in not relegation won since form. September. Yeah. Um, so is this game something of a free hit for Southampton? Or is it one that you think actually Emery and his players will call a halt to this ridiculous run? I don't think run? Southampton have got any free hits left. I, don't, right, I, I okay. think I think they're they're you know poor Ralph. I, I I think they are at a stage where they need to upset one of the so-called big teams. Not that you could necessarily call Arsenal that particularly mm. this this season, but I would say it's a must-win for for Unai Emery. Bearing in mind the form that Southampton have been in, they I mean. Uh, you've probably seen more of Arsenal this season than I have, Lindsay, but fr- from what I have watched of them, you've, you've it's actually been seen a lot of Southampton as well, haven't painful. you? I've seen a little bit of both, yeah. I, I, I think that Arsenal, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I think there's a, real fractions in the dressing room. And only earlier on the Totally Football Show, there was discussions around this match and the fact that Arsenal, you know, everything that's been. Um, levelled at Spurs. I think you can level at Arsenal yeah. behind the scenes. With the decision to strip Granite Saka of the captaincy and all the furore well, involving I, that I as well. I actually likened Arsenal to a car and two wheels have come off, one Xhaka and one's Aubameyang because Aubameyang <laughs> despite scoring so many goals for Arsenal has really divided opinion in the dressing yeah. room. He's uh, He speaks to Arsenal fan TV quite a lot and uh, there's a few captain, players right? Yeah, there's a but, few players that don't like him being so yeah. outspoken. He retaliated on international breaks, say it with a a social media post saying I speak to who I want when I want you know that those sorts of things going around yeah. he's always had that that to him because I remember when he joined warnings, Arsenal yeah, there were Britain. loads of warnings about him him coming mm. coming to Arsenal and the thing is when isn't there some kind of drama going on at Arsenal at the moment because it seems like every season for the last three or four there has been something El drama I'm going to move on to Man City Chelsea just because we've not got much time left on this topic so City in fourth nine points behind Liverpool after that 3-1 defeat chance to regroup during the international break how do we see this one going Man City versus Chelsea this is a big match what, like if, if it wasn't for what had happened at Spurs with Mourinho coming in, which has now taken the top billing, I would say, yes. this weekend, this would have been the one. Because not only are they next to each other in the table, third, fourth, there's a potential to go on and be title contenders, mm. try to catch Liverpool and Leicester. Uh, equally, if City lose this then the gap it becomes really difficult to make up. I'm not saying that it's beyond City, that that's the one team that probably could do it and have proven, as in last season, that they could overturn a, a big gap and, and pull it back around with Liverpool. But that wasn't so early on in the season as this would be. Yeah, this is a must-win for City, isn't it? They, I, you'd, you'd think so, especially being ridiculous. at the Etihad as well. All right. Well, I'm ready and raring to go for the weekend. Thank you, ladies, uh, for that roundup. And it's going to be one to hotly anticipate. Um, all right. Next up, the debate is back. Club versus country. Who wins? You decide. Now, on this feed for the Offside Rule, we have put our WSL show on it because we rather liked this week's episode and we hope that you'll pop over to our dedicated WSL edition feed and subscribe. What happened this week, Lindsay? We had a visit 
to, of all places, Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, first one for both of us, wasn't it? Um, Faye, you must have been there already. Yeah, through a few times. I absolutely love it. So yeah. impressive, isn't it? And, we'd, uh, and we, we had a lovely show because as someone brilliantly described, it was like a conveyor belt of managers and players popping by the media room. We should reveal to Faye. Basically, we de- decamped into one of the flash I, interview rooms. I saw, I saw your little... It, it, do you know what it looked like to me? The generation game. <laughs> so <laughs> you could, you, you've got a load of journalists and players and they're all sitting on the little conveyor belt and yeah. you just pop them off every yeah. now and again yeah. um, but I did I have to say I loved your bubble hat Oh, I, thank I know you. we've been bobble hat shopping before and I got you an amazing well you yeah. bought it but I found it for you but this bobble hat that you were wearing was spectacular well we had a really funny moment with that bobble hat because Lindsay was like and suddenly the bubble popped, popped off. off and we were like oh, we've and been raving about this hat oh. yeah yeah yeah. we've been raving about this hat all podcast all day anyway thank goodness for that because Rob Harris the voice of reason was there <laughs> it's uh, actually a and, stud and yeah it is actually a studded so, so it's basically <laughs> so you a, thought you'd broken it a, Removable, but we, we had a real panic. I thought I was having a really bad day. In fact, it could have been a fake Arothers day. I thought I had put coffee down my new jumper. Oh, yes, yeah, I thought I'd pulled my bobble off my hat. Yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. it anyway, could only get worse. But. Bobble hats and conveyor belts aside, it's a great show. So do check it out. It's the WSL edition. You'll find it on this feed just for this week. So you can have a little peek and do sign up on the specific feed for it. And it is the one. We've put it on our own um, offside rule feed as well. Because for those people that are curious about the women's game, it was the women's football weekend. The, it was the international break. There was no Highest men's fixtures. Ever attendances across women's football. This is the one to see. If you like it then come again. (laughs) Thank you. This is The Offside Rule with me, Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Faye Carruthers. Okay, everyone, repeat after me. Wales, golf, Madrid. (laughs) Ready? Wales, Wales, golf, Madrid. Madrid. And one more time. Wales, Wales, golf, golf, Madrid. Madrid. Those are Gareth Bale's three priorities in order, all I, I can say to Real, his baby might have well, possibly. <laughs> all I can say to Real Madrid is, "Ouch! That was a stinger, wasn't it? It was on a flag made by a fan and brought to the Wales games, and he grabbed the flag and was quite happy to be seen posing with it uh, when Wales made their way through qualification. So, look, we've got a player here who plays better for his country than his club, enjoys playing for his country rather than his club, and I wanted to know." Who else fits into this category, Faye? The first person that sprung to my mind was Alexi Sanchez. I know he's now at Inter Milan, so slightly different, and he's injured at the minute. But when he was at Manchester United, he was... I actually hate this word, but in terms of using it in in an Alexi Sanchez context, it makes me giggle, bearing in mind how amazing he used to be at Arsenal. But he was a flop. He was a total flop at Manchester United, but then he went off to play for Chile and was just brilliant mm. and got them to the semi-finals of the Copa America um, in the summer and, you know, w- was great. And you could tell it's not football he doesn't love because he loves playing for Chile. It was Manchester United he didn't love. Mm. The one that sprung to mind straight away for me was Olivier Giroud. Yeah, For a very too. similar reason. We've actually talked about this, haven't we, before? I, he can't even get a look in at Chelsea. You know, mm. he'd have made that move 
um, which wasn't a favourable one with fans but in, in past years gone by it's never been easy as we've seen with Ala, Ashley Cole etc to go from Arsenal to Chelsea but he did that because he wanted football and he wanted minutes and he's still not getting them he's perhaps occasionally wheeled out for the Europa League um, and that's been it so he is definitely enjoying playing for France yeah. more so France qualified he scored the winning penalty in their 2-1 win against Moldova and hit the post in France's 3-0 victory over Albania Sergio Romero was someone I thought oh yeah I'd, I'd, I'd sort of kind of half forgotten about him because really for Manchester United he's only playing maybe in the League Cup um, sort of you know fringe fringe things going on for him there and it's been like that for the last couple of seasons in fact that's a running theme for Romero as well Monaco Sampdoria now at Manchester United a substitute goalkeeper but during that period he's also reached three major finals with Argentina the World Cup in 2014 the Copa America in 2015 and 16 uh, losing all of them um, but conceding just one goal in 360 minutes of play so performing for his country not for his club one that brings us back round to the, the original topic, because this could change now, Christian Eriksen at Spurs. Mm. I would have said this season, enjoying playing for Denmark a lot more than at Spurs, mm. but could that turn around? I'm going to throw a couple of other names in and see if Faye's got any more as well. But these are both England. Uh, I'd say Jordan Pickford at the moment and Jesse Lingard. Yes. They both seem to play better for, for country and enjoy playing for country and more Pickford than as well. That, how many Manchester United players have we met, or former Manchester United players have we mentioned there? Mm. A lot. Well, I'm going to bring a plug for the WSL show here. We spoke to Arsenal's Leah Williamson, didn't we, Linz? And she was asked whether uh, she preferred beating Spurs as an Arsenal player to scoring for England. Oh, I beat Spurs um, today definitely better. I love that to be fair. And scoring for England? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Really? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm a defender. Scoring, <laughs> scoring is just a nice little bonus. Um, don't get me wrong, it was lovely to score my first goal for England, but... Um, yeah, I'd take, I'd take the team performance every day of the week. So, um, yeah, it was nice to be the hero in some aspects, I suppose. I say that lightheartedly um, the other day. But um, no, definitely, you know, for the team, um, today was, was pretty special. So there we go. Wales, Golf, Madrid, forever immortalised. All right, hold on to your hats. It's Mourinho time. This is the Offside Rule from Muddy Knees Media. So the big footballing story this week, so big... I felt we needed to come back for a little slice more. But this time, we're going to be looking ahead in terms of the ripple effect. What crazy things, after this story, this crazy story rocked the world of football, what crazy things might happen now in the world of football? Are we doing this in kind a of a Wayne's World way? I don't know. Do you remember that? We could do, couldn't we? Why not? We jolly well could do. I want to know what happens next. What's the knock-on effect of Jose coming to Spurs and the much-celebrated Maurizio being available for hire? Who needs him? Who wants him? And what happens next? What might the ramifications be? So we can just let our imaginations run wild. Just go crazy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I have thought about this alternative Spurs universe where... Let's go positive to start with because I'm quite a positive person the majority of the time. And I'm going to say... Jose Mourinho comes in and Spurs win everything. Oh, okay. And they become bigger commercially than Manchester United. He stays there for 10 years. He does the project that Poch wanted to do. (laughs) With with the money from Levy? He he smiles in every press conference. (laughs) 
He stops his cryptic uh, answers with everything and everybody stays having Spurs as their favourite neutral slash second team and surprises everyone. That's my positive one. Uh, The negative one is that um, the players, I I said this before, stage a a sit-in protest, you know, a little bit like uh, Phil Brown. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <Hole>. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they sit cross-legged so on the pitch and refuse to play yeah. uh, at the London Stadium, which would be absolutely hilarious and quite embarrassing as well, obviously. Not that funny because I am a football fan and I wouldn't want to see that actually happen. And then Daniel Levy realises he's made an enormous mistake. The players end up getting really fat because they're not doing this amazing routine that, um, <laughs> that Mauricio Pochettino does with his fitness coaches. And so they decide that they're going to go and find Felix Magat. Do you remember him? <laughs> oh yes. God. Ex-Fulham manager. The weirdest German manager out there. Who made very the players run up hills. Up a mountain. To he get did. their fitness back. He did. Yeah. Anyway, he was go. an oddball, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just reminiscing at that time. So I was doing a lot of press conferences at that time and he was just such a strange man. He was. Absolutely weird. I'm only slightly stretching reality Okay, here. that's really unusual for you, Lindsay. I know. Usually I go in all sorts usually of directions. I know. But I thought I would go with the current theme. Now, the thing is, rumours keep going. We saw how quickly this happened with Poch leaving Spurs and Mourinho coming in. That... In the time that we've recorded this, it's gone up and someone's listening. You know, he could already be at Bayern Munich. But I'm going to suggest right now that Bayern Munich and these rumours that Poch could be going there is all to stifle and to encourage Manchester United to act quickly. And that that makes them do so. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer goes... Poch goes to Manchester United straight away. Son goes to United because he loves working under Poch. He works on Kane for a year. He sp- uh, Kane spends a year at Spurs. Then he goes over to join up with Poch as well. And yes, Spurs win a trophy because Jose Mourinho, because Jose Mourinho leads them to the Europa League title. But Pochettino at United leads them back to winning the Premier League and to actually getting through to the, another final of the Champions League oh. and back into a regular top four position and gets the United back to where they need and want to be. Oh, OK. So that and so my answer then to Spurs fans, that, that smaller section of Spurs fans that were saying trophies were important over the project would be, does a Europa League title, if that was what happened, or a Carabao Cup, does that come better than actually making yourself a, a regular big club again well that's what Arsenal wanted didn't they and then they were thinking they've got Emery to do that because he's had so much success in the Europa League and that's not happened well look (laughs) what about if Arsenal sacked Unai Emery and in came Maurizio Pochettino well this is fantasy because it would never happen this is a fantasy okay here's one to discuss Um, Arsene Wenger's taken up this role at FIFA Okay, and in the uh, latter days of Arsenal, Maurizio Pochettino must have been a tad annoying because Arsenal fans were looking at what happened at Spurs and thinking, we'd like someone quite young and energetic and revolutionary. Okay, they got Unai Emery, but we'll just shelve that to one side (laughs) a second. So, look, I think Arsene Wenger may have looked at Pochettino and just thought, these young whippersnapper managers with their fresh ideas, treading on my turf, treading on my North London turf. What about if... Now that Wenger's ensconced at FIFA, the next time that Infantino comes up for president, Maurizio Potticino goes for it and ends up being Wenger's boss. What about it? (laughs) (laughs) I said it was fantastical. And there we go. 
Okay, well, before we wrap up, it's time for any other business. The part of the show that still doesn't have a theme tune, uh, where we talk about those smaller stories that you may not have seen from the last week or so. Lindsay Hooper, your phone is poised. I feel that you're going to start us off with a cracker. Well, I I have to refer to the Prince Andrew interview, and this is the way that I'm crowbarring it in. Oh, my word. Huge news this week, of course, as Prince Andrew gave that interview to Newsnight where no one was convinced about what he said. And uh, he's since uh, stepped back from royal duties. He also mentioned the Pizza Express in Woking, which is very near to where I am now. Yes, it is. Um, I'm tempted to go there just to see if it's such a memorable night. I think they're going to close it down. (laughs) Goodness me, a bit like like Salisbury Gate, but... Without the poisoning, okay. However, bringing it back to football, I saw this tweet. Uh, we know that things got worse for Andrew once Fergie left, but which individual player suffered most from the other Fergie leaving? Alan Man United. This is from Cheshire Gooner on Twitter. Oh, I was thinking oh. Black Eyed Peas. Ah, oh. yeah, there's another Fergie as well. <laughs> um, and th- I know that this is putting everyone on the spot, so don't don't worry if you don't want to chip in with you, with your answer. But I I have had the chance to give it a bit of thought, and mm. my answer to that is Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling suffered the most as a player from Ooh, Fergie leaving. He was very young yes, at the time. He yes. was under Fergie. He could have been nurtured and through you him. you could say the same thing about Phil Jones as well. Yes. And they both went on an absolute decline under Moyes, Van Gaal, yes. Bringer, Ali. They didn't get that development. And now, and now look at Chris Smalling at Roma. What he's doing, he's doing brilliantly. So I would say that my answer to that, Cheshire Guna, is Chris Smalling. OK, here's some many other business action for you from me. At Euro Millions Lottery winner Colin Weir has completed his takeover of Scottish Championship side Partick Thistle. Uh, he said he intends to hand over ownership to supporters uh, next year. He's 71, a lifelong Thistle fan, and he's bought a majority shareholding and a holding in the land at Firhill Stadium uh, where the team play. But we'll give it all back to the club. What a nice thing to do. Lovely. Faker others. Um, mine are not football related, actually. Normally they normally they are, but I'm going non-football related. Number one is a new entry. There's a guinea pig on my flea bag uh, book, which I've only just noticed. Of course, she has the guinea bag, the guinea pig cafe, cafe and I've she? only just noticed oh, that. Yeah, I hadn't even noticed uh, that. That was one. Number two, Christmas has come far too early. I think I, I I shut down your suggestion, Kate, of Christmas presents today because it's still November yes. and I get very cross. I spent the weekend in Dublin and the whole of Dublin was just decorated in Christmas. Do you, like my mum, though, get cross because you've got a November birthday? My mum's got a beginning of December birthday and oh, she hates that people start talking about Christmas before she's had a birthday. Partly, mm. but also... Producer, producer Abby's saying the same. The same. Issue, yeah. it's, it's not just that. It's that it's November and Christmas is the 25th of December. I love it, Faye. So I love all the Christmas stuff. Hold on. Yeah, but I know But by the time you then get to Christmas, you're so sick of it that mm. you just want it over with as opposed to actually the week before Christmas getting really excited because it's just mm. started. So that's two. And the third one is just disgusting human beings on public transport taking their trainers off and putting bare feet on... Oh, no. Seats. Oh, look, my God. Faye Carruthers Twitter feed. This is a personal You're going to get mine, Kate started Faye. now. Oh. I, I very often post pictures of people's feet on seats. <laughs> You've nearly and got into a, a I nearly ruckus. got into a fight the other week because I was on the bus and there was a young lad there, youngish lad I'd say, probably late teens, with his feet up on the seat. There was a dad with his three kids mm. who said nothing and indeed appeared to stand up for the said youth when I said to him, would you mind putting your feet down? And his first reaction was to put them down because I'd asked him to. Yeah. And then he got a bit bristly and was like, why have you got a problem with that? And I said, well, because people have to sit on this seat and if someone's got a piece of clothing that they don't want to get mud on them, they might not want to sit on that seat. I said, it's just 
it's just respect. It's yeah. just simple respect. I tried to say it really nicely. I was aware that I was trapped on the back seat of the bus with someone who was getting slightly aggressive and he would not have it. I then stupidly thought I'd take a photo of his feet, which of course completely wound him up. But the dad with the three kids there appeared to stick up for him and just say, look, if he wants to put his feet on the seat, then that's fine. I just thought you've oh, got really? three children with this. And your wife has got dog poo on the bottom of his things and this his is, kids this then is my sit thing. on it and or put their hands on okay, it. Okay, and in summer... We sit with our bare legs on those seats, yeah. right? The backs of our knees touch where the feet have been. If you're in a pair of white jeans, what a catastrophe if you were to sit on a seat where someone had put their grubby feet up. So fake Corellas, you can absolutely have that one for me. High-fiving you across the table. <laughs> in the meantime, just to finish up In with, the meantime, it's December now after that chat. Well, a couple of <laughs> things. for Christmas. A couple of things. Uh, Wickham boss Gareth Ainsworth uh, is uh, celebrating being the EFL's longest-serving manager by, uh, by uh, releasing a cover of The Wanderer. We might hear a little clip of it now um, who knew he could sing so well well I'm the type of guy who will never settle down the pretty girls are well you know I'm around I love them and I kiss them and finally, Lindsay, I've got our accommodation sorted out for the World Cup in Qatar in 2022. Where are we going to be staying? A cruise liner. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Apparently, accommodation is going to be so short in the tournament in three years. Oh, you get to go on a cruise ship. That officials have made the measure or taken the measure of basically uh, building monster hotels floating on the ocean. So two cruise liners have already been earmarked for this to accommodate 4,000 supporters. One of the luxury ships includes three swimming pools, four whirlpool baths, a foyer waterfall to a zen garden, uh, authentic Japanese sushi bar, state-of-the-art gym, mini golf, tennis court, basketball court and poker room. We're there, aren't we? Yeah, but I'm not going to be doing much football. Well, I mean... If that's our base, then I can definitely handle it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be lovely. All right, that's it for another week. Remember to keep up with us across the week via our social accounts. It's at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. And check out Faye's Insta, by the way, for much mocking of bare feet on seats. It's it's awful. If you enjoyed that chat as well, let maybe ignore that chat part and the rest of the podcast as well. We'd love people to give us a review, wouldn't we? We really, really would. How do they do it, Lindsay? They can go on to iTunes or any other platform where they get their podcasts, click five stars because that's the only one you can give it. And also just write a little blurb of to why you enjoy it and we'll read it out. Write a little blurb. There we go. Uh, you can hear us on Jet Radio Fridays from four o'clock. And if you want to read some of the things that our brilliant team have been writing, head over to offsiderulepodcast.com for the latest there. Some good articles this week. There are. Lindsay, thank you very much. Faye, always a delight. old and like a fun Oh wine. no, you just ruined it. 30 years 30. old. 30 oh. years old and looking fabulous. Uh, Faye Carruthers, thank you very much for, Thanks see you for having me. We'll be back next week with more. But now, it's goodbye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Podcast Network.